All right, let's um, let's try this again. Welcome to It Can't Get Any Worse, America's Worst Podcast for America's Worst Hockey Team. We're back after a long, long hiatus, um, for which I feel like I should apologize for to start off. Tail end of last year got very busy for me, and the show ended up just being being a lot to put together. And I want to chat about a couple things before we get into what this episode is is going to be. Um, I want to apologize for dropping off the map. Like I said, things got very busy and I actually had not planned on putting a show together this year because this year is actually looking quite a bit busier with some different things that I'll tell you about in a second. Um, but I do just want to put something together for you guys this year. It was a great experience putting the show together last year, having conversations with you guys about the Sabres. In terms of plans for this season... There are none. Um, I think last year, putting together the large episodes with the what are you reading sections, the game recaps, the down the road sections for Amherst games and talking about league or league news around the league. It was a lot of fun. It was a blast, honestly, but it was so much work and it's just a little bit too much work for what I have going on this year. Um, As you guys might remember from last year, I'm a teacher, which takes up a good chunk of my time, but also outside of that that world this year. Uh, I went back to school this year, and I am also getting married this year. And so a couple things that will, will suck up a little bit too much time for um, what, what it would require to put together that those length of episodes or that quality of an episode. So I'm going to put out a few episodes this year, but I don't think they're going to be the huge project episodes featuring all of those aspects. I think I'm going to put together some small episodes where we'll just have one or two, and I'll try to put one together once a week. I don't think I'm going to be able to commit to a consistent schedule, which I think is like rule number one of don't do in the ways to have a successful podcast. But I'm going to put a couple things out there because, like I said, I, I really enjoy putting the show together. And I, I want to say thank you because I have heard so meant from so many of you reaching out over the last maybe two or three months and especially in the last two or three weeks asking if there's going to be a show this year and if the podcasts are coming soon and my original intent was that there there wouldn't be um that i would just ride out this season and then maybe revisit it next year but i heard from so many of you that i just felt like i really really wanted to put something together for you plus i mean after the start to this season I want to talk about it, right? And I'm looking forward to talking about the Sabres with all of you. I would love also to do a mailbag. And so if you guys would like to send in your questions, I'll put the email and the Twitter contact information in the show notes. What an awesome start to the season. The Sabres traveled to Pittsburgh on Thursday night in an absolutely dominant performance. They outshot the Pens 41-29 to on the night. 
two excellent goals from Connor Sherry, one where Middlestat wanted along the boards and fed him going to the net. He deposited it past uh, what's Matt Murray. Sherry, again on the power play, had an awesome shot come in from Colin Miller. Middlestat maybe got a touch to it and tips it in front for Sherry to score. It was kind of interesting watching the highlights of this one because I, I didn't notice this in live in the game, but this was the power play two that was out there. I believe it was Sherry, Middlestat, Miller, I th- want to say Ocposo and Johansson, but I might be wrong on that one. But at any rate, Colin Miller rips one in. Casey Middlestat tucks it behind him for Sherry to score into a relatively open net. Um, but there was almost identical play from the power play one beforehand where uh, I believe it was Darlene put it in. Reinhardt tried to make the same play in front for Skinner, and they almost scored. And so almost like trying the exact same play again. And I'm, I'm wondering, looking at that play, if, if that is something that has been coached a little bit into power play routines. Last year, for like the first half of the season, the Sabres really loved a like tic-tac-toe style play of playing to someone like Sam Reinhart behind the net and then teeing up Jeff Skinner right in front. It got a little repetitive, but seeing this one like twice in in a row was kind of interesting to see. Not sure if it was intentional. And then Rasmus Dahlin following it up with, wow, just an absolutely incredible attempt. He played a one-through with Reinhart through the middle zone. Uh, middle zone. Reinhart had an absolutely incredible backhand saucer pass to set him through, makes a quick deke and tucks it into the top of the net. Just an absolutely outstanding play. They did concede an Evgeny Malkin power play goal, I believe in the second, but it was honestly just on an impressive play, especially Hornquist was right in front of the net screening Hutton, and he actually tapped his stick to call exactly where Malkin should shoot to beat Hutton. It was kind of a neat thing to play, and and in retrospect, very cool considering the Sabres still came out with a win, but it was just an absolutely dominant performance. Like we said, outshooting the Penguins 41-29, to I texted a friend during the third period, and I said, this is just a, a really professional third period performance because it was honestly boring. There wasn't a whole lot going on in the third period. The, the Sabres were able to just shut it down, completely nullify that two-headed monster of, of Crosby and Malkin, and it was an outstanding performance. In particular, I really want to highlight, obviously, the performances of Connor Sherry with two goals, but also... Let's talk about how good Scandella and Sabatka looked in this game. Kind of the two whipping boys of last season, let's all be honest. But Scandella deployed in that number three role, or sorry, not as a number three, as the third pairing defenseman. He looked assured in the back. He looked smart in the back. Paired up with Yokiharu, who we'll talk about a little bit later. And he just had an outstanding performance. He followed it up with another one against the Devils. And Sabatka looked... Okay, he's playing on the right wing um, on that second line with Marcus Johansson and Jeff Skinner. Knowing us and knowing us as fans, I don't think we're going to love that forever, but it looks like Ralph Kruger's really trying to give him opportunities to be successful in uh, a top six role before um, who knows what will happen if that doesn't pan out. But 
he's there for right now, and he he looked okay. He did not look out of place. Not exceptional, but he did not look out of place. So interesting performance there. And they followed it up with an absolutely incredible performance against the New Jersey Devils. It was the home opener, a celebration of the 50th anniversary with a captain's night that was really cool, introducing most of the captains in the history of the Buffalo Sabres 50 years. Everyone was wearing those 50th anniversary jerseys, which are pretty cool. I tried to poo-poo them when they first came out, and they're really starting to grow on me. They look really sharp. Um, Sabres come out with a 7-2 win. They outshot the Devils 36-20. Two great goals from Olofsson, another from Eichel. All three of those were on the power play. Some great passages of play led to some awesome snipes from Reinhardt and Skinner, along with a good effort from Akposo tipping a Darlene shot. All guys getting off the mark, and then it ended with an amazing solo effort from Reinhardt as he stripped PK Subban and tucked it away. Like I said, like I like I said, like I said, they outshot the Devils 32 to 20. It was highly, highly entertaining. Um, the crowd was so into it. All kinds of chants going on, and obviously a high-scoring game. Great performances by the Sabers, and also a little chippy uh, as as the game started to get away from the Devils when it was around 4-1, and then 5-2, and 6-2. The Devils started trying to make some runs, and in particular, Coleman went in on Hutton really hard, and there were some huge hits from Ristolainen and McCabe on Miles Wood and Taylor Hall respectively. And even though Miles Wood was trying to hit Ristolainen and Ristolainen hit him back and Taylor Hall was trying to hit McCabe and McCabe hit him back, that still kind of sparked it off. And Wayne Simmons went after McCabe, kind of to be expected. McCabe clobbered their best player. It was in front of the benches, so it all kind of teed off a little bit. There were some 10-minute misconducts for Simmons and Ocposo. And at the end of the day, the Sabres were able to see it out. Something something that was kind of funny about that those 10-minute misconducts. And then there was a penalty. I want to say Simmons got either an instigator or a roughing or something. Um, but Jack Hughes was the one sacrificed uh, to serve the penalty about for the Devils. And just poor Jack. He's, he's just a boy, and he's sitting there in the penalty box all on his own. He probably, I don't think he was even on the ice when uh, the penalty was assessed for them. We'll talk some uh, some stock up and stock down, and obviously, when you have two dominant wins to start the season, it's probably easy to get carried away, and so I'm going to try to limit my stocks up and stocks down to things that I think are definitive that we can talk about pretty openly. Um, my primary stock up is the defensive core. I mean, obviously, Rasmus Dahlin looked amazing through two games. But we got to talk about some guys who were here who did not look so great last year. Ristolainen and Scandella look great, and I think it's because they're deployed properly. Ristolainen did have a good chunk of ice time. He believe he actually led the team with 23 minutes, which is still pretty high. But in terms of his actual deployment, they weren't putting him out there in their numerous power play opportunities. He was only playing a little bit on the penalty kill. I think Ralph Kruger is going to try to keep using Ristolainen in some high-scoring opportunities. 
but it doesn't look like the Sabres are just going to be trying to ride him through the whole game when he's up there pushing 25, 26, maybe even closer to 30 minutes. He's not the player, as we know from over the years, he's not the player they can totally rely on for that. It looks like Rasmus Dahlin might be, but he's very young. Scandella looks outstanding in that third pairing role, and the new guys look outstanding as well. Collar Millen, Collar Millen, Colin Miller has been what looks like an excellent power play. Two guy quarterbacking the back of that power play, very astute defensively, and looks very intelligent going forward. Doesn't look like the most incredible skater. He's a big guy. I think he's a little bit slower, but. I think he uses his his hockey brain a lot better than maybe Aristoline and might who Aristoline and slightly better skater. But I think Colin Miller does a better job. This is through two games, small sample size. But I think he does a better job of being in the right place at the right time. And what a freaking shot that guy has! Whether he's teed up on a one timer or letting a wrister go, that thing looks incredible. And I bet we're going to see a, many more scoring opportunities generated from either. Miller scoring himself or his shot creating problems and and setting up someone else. Henry Yokoharu looks amazing in that bottom three role as well. Looks like a solid skater. He looks very intelligent going forward for a player who is 20 years old. It's really impressive to see what he's capable of at this point. You gotta think, I mean, it's always pretty telling when a team makes a trade and one of the fan bases freaks out about the trade. And Chicago fans freaked out about letting this guy go. Probably softened for them by the fact that they have some other incredible defensive prospects coming through the pipeline. And Yokoharu, while he was maybe the first to come through, might end up being their their third best prospect. But to let that guy go and to let him go for... As we know, a floundering Alex Nylander, who could still turn into an incredible player. Um, And I believe he scored in their opener. They played against the Flyers in Europe. And I believe he scored there. But Yokoharu off to a great start here. And their fans were pretty upset when he came over. And he will be in for an interesting road this year. And it's important that we tenure our expectations a little bit. He's the only defender who can clear waivers. And so right now, you think about the number of right-handed defensemen that the Sabres have. They've got Ristolainen, they've got Miller, they've got Yokoharu, and Brennan Montour is currently out with a hand injury, but he should be back within the next month, and it will be interesting to see what Jason Botterill decides to do when Brennan Montour is healthy again. Um, we'll talk about trading Ristolainen in a second, but I think Henry Yokoharu is going to make Jason Botterill make a decision. If this is the standard of play, it's two through two games, Let's you know tenure our expectations, but it's going to be interesting to see what Jason Botterill is forced to do when Brendan Montour is healthy again, if this is the standard that Yokoharu is putting forward playing in the NHL. Also stock up, Ralph Kruger. I mean, there were doubts coming in about his um, acumen as a coach. I mean, he spent the last couple of years working in the front office for Southampton Football Club in in England, um, not even coaching, much less coaching hockey, but much was made about his attitude, his motivational skills. He's a people person, and I think you can see that in 
the style of play, in the effort, in the body language of the Sabres through these couple of games. They have the fans on board. They have the boys on board. And I think this could be this could be the start of something a little bit special. Let's you know, let's tenure the expectations about playoffs, about futures, but just immediately compare the start with Phil Housley two seasons ago to what this looks like right now. Night and day. Night and day comparatively. And we'll we'll see how things go forward. But I've loved the style of play. I've loved the way that he's organized the team. I mean, thinking about everything we read and listened to this summer, whether it was at Edmonton several years ago, whether it was coaching the Switzerland team a couple years ago, there wasn't a single person who had a single negative thing to say about Ralph Kruger. Everybody always loved him and everybody always loved playing for him. I think that's the coach we need right now. I mean, you had the last couple of years, Dan Bielsma's horrible ego and inability to identify and and um, get the players on board. You had Phil Housley, who unfortunately I think was out of his depth a little bit, either in from terms of a motivational standpoint, but also in terms of a coaching acumen. I don't think Phil Housley really knew how to be a head coach and set up a team offensively and defensively. We saw an incredible Nashville Predators defensive core when Phil Housley was there. He wasn't able to replicate the quality of that defensive core to a whole team over two seasons. Whether or not that's his fault with player recruitment and personnel, maybe we'll have a better idea a couple years down the road, but already incredible steps forward through these two games. But let's talk about stock down and stock down at first is is our our rational expectations. Um, Obviously, we're pretty excited that we have won two games and that feels incredible. But I remember a conversation with my coworker easier this or earlier this week when we were talking about the start of the season. And I noted that we were playing the Penguins and the Devils to start off and Two teams that I think it looked kind of scary at the uh, when the schedule was first announced, but I, I, I remember saying to him, I don't think the Penguins are that good this year, and I think the Devils are incredibly overrated with drafting Hughes first overall and acquiring P.K. Subban. That's a team that still has a lot of problems, and really, I think the Sabres played to start the season two teams with a lot of problems. The Pens have a very much aging core of Crosby and Malkin. They've got some cap issues with a defensive core they're paying way too much money to and definitely not getting enough out of. And the Devils, I think, are still going to be growing. They're only two years removed from winning the lottery um, and drafting Nico Hershier. Like, they're they're still, I think, floating around the bottom. And while it was really cool for them to draft Jack Hughes, really cool for them to acquire a player like P.K. Subban, they're still hanging on to Taylor Hall. I think it's a team that will need to do a lot of growing this year to reach the levels that I think a lot of people had maybe thought they were going to jump right out of the gate on. So stock down our, our rational expectations. We got to pump the brakes a little bit. I think these are two teams that by the end of the season, I would not be surprised if the Sabres were finishing above both of these teams this year. Yes, that's my hot take. Sabres to score more points than the Pittsburgh Penguins this year. Other stock down, 
I think the absolute need to trade Ristolainen that was talked about this whole summer might not be so prevalent after these first two games. I gotta wonder if Ralph Kruger can fix him. We talked a little bit about deployment. Obviously, much was made about his defensive woes, and everybody, every journalist in town thought for sure he was on his way out. He's a solid attacker on a cost-controlled contract, and they have acquired the players needed to make him a piece that can be deployed properly. And I don't think you absolutely have to trade him for a top six talent. Could you? Sure. Absolutely. But I think the trade has to be right. And Jason Botterill did an amazing job this summer in acquiring the pieces necessary to make sure that he could get the right trade. He'll be dealing from a position of exceptional strength when he, if, if he deals Ristolein in at some point this season, it'll probably be early on. If he does, it'll probably, I would say like November would be the time where we might see a move once teams settle in with their rosters and see what they have. But he has set himself up to be doing so from a position of, of strength. They have this extra asset that should be pretty valuable. But I, I reiterate, I don't think you have to trade him. I don't think you have to let him go. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do if they decide to keep him because there is still a logjam. But there are other bodies that can be moved in his stead. He could be a really valuable player if the Sabres try to make a jump this year. So curious about that one. Um, what do you guys think? Go ahead and drop us a line at ickgaw on Twitter or at ickgawpod at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you guys. It is so great to be talking to you and putting this episode out to you. I, I Like I said, it's going to be a busy year. I don't know. Um, I can't commit to any kind of schedule this year, unfortunately, with big episodes and whatnot. We did re-up our American season tickets this year, so I'll be able to talk about that with you guys, which I'll be really excited to do. Uh, we went to the home opener on Friday. Sabres won 3-2 in overtime. Overtime goal was a feed from Asplund to Tage Thompson. So two Sabres prospects getting off the mark there. But we'll see how this season goes. Really want to put something together for the show. Like I said, I love talking about the Sabres and I love talking with you guys about the Sabres. So we'll see you guys out there soon. We'll come at you with an episode sometime next week, hopefully. Keep those heads up, Sabres fans. Remember, it might not get much better, but it can't get any worse. We'll see you guys soon. Have a good week, everybody. Kick in to Oposo. Oposo hanging on to it back at the point. Oposo drops it off in the corner to Eichel. Eichel buzzing around. Eichel in the side lane. Score!